Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about a school trustee. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, so uh, I don't know what we're going to number this episode because it's kind of a bonus episode. 24 and a half. No, I'm calling it 25. We're going to call this 25? My age. I, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, there's, for, a, there's a lady on the show. For, for listeners who, who heard Mary's voice, we're going to get into who that is in a second. Um, what's going on, guys? I, I feel like it's been so long since we've talked. I'm, ex- I'm so pumped to learn about a school trustee. Yeah. Um, I feel like I I know so much about counseling now. I know about mayors. I know that there's a bad mayor on Paw Patrol. Yeah. I um, learned that from, from last episode with a bunch of cats. Yeah. Um, but today is trustee day. And it's total it's total exciting. side note. You want to know what's going on with me? I do, yes. So last episode, I told you I had to travel. I didn't have to. I chose to very happily travel to Edmonton for my cousin's wedding. Correct. I had a little bit of an ID issue on the way to the airport. You got ID'd? No, I didn't bring ID. They're like, you're on a company oh. minor. <laughs> uh, I got onto an airplane with... Uh, now, my wife uh, tends to run under two identities, her maiden name and married name. So in the event that she had the wrong ID with her, she brought our marriage certificate. So she had our marriage certificate, and I dug around in my car, and I found my boating license, and I got on a plane with a boating license and a marriage certificate. Liz carries around her marriage certificate? Only, 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 no, only just then for traveling on the plane, because she was like, oh, I might get caught with two competing pieces of ID. Just in case. She's got proof. That's wow. amazing. I can't believe you got on a plane with that stuff, Matt. A boat license. It's to Edmonton. <laughs> They probably they probably need to know that you have a boat license in general just to get to Edmonton. It's a requirement. That a, gun, a gun license. Turns out the rules are photo ID or two pieces of no non-photo government issue ID, and a boating license is government issue, but you can put any name you want on it. Huh. There you go. So I, I got really rejected right before we recorded this episode. Oh. Uh, Jared and I went through a drive-thru uh, in New West, Burger King, and then we saw someone we knew, and we waved to them. And oh, yeah. they didn't we, say we anything. The and then we honked the horn and Matt just kept walking like he was so much better than the rest of us. We was totally that, saw you going into your showing. That was you guys. Yeah, we were, yeah. We, we were, were catcalling we, him. Yeah. Somebody honked right as I was walking through the door and I figured that who's the jerk who's honking? Yeah, it was us. And we're <laughs> I'm like waving out the window like a maniac, like yelling at you, and it was uh I, I felt very rejected. Well, I'm glad we're airing the grievances. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they forgot my cheese on my Whopper with cheese. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, it was, so that was, it was not devastating. a win for Burger King. Uh, how was your lunch experience, Mary? Did anybody reject you? <laughs> no, actually. Uh, I haven't had lunch. Oh. I'm sorry, guys. I have no story. No. That's okay. Um, so for those people wondering, uh, this is uh, Mary Lalji whose voice you're hearing. Uh, she is running for the New West elections for school trustee. Uh, she's running for re-election. She's, uh, before being involved with uh, the school board, she was heavily involved with building the uh, Hayak football team. And uh, she is an independent candidate with a focus on student and parent engagement. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. 
Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, Wrong. lost. Wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So we're going to put this out as a bonus episode. We have been talking to a lot of the people who are running for election about housing affordability. Um, And this is a little bit more tangentially connected. People moving to New West are very concerned about what's going on with in the school system, but it's not quite as directly connected. Uh, So that's why you're getting this on a different day. Now, Mary, why don't we start off with uh, you ran in the by-election last year. Yes. Why did you run? It all started uh, probably in 2003 when Farhan came home and he said, I wanted to start a football team in New Westminster. What were my thoughts? And I said, okay, this is your dream. Let's figure out how to get from A to B. Because I come home most days and I'm like, hey, Rach, I want to start a football team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's his dream, right? So um, after about, I'd say about, 13 years fundraising, working with parents. We have a fantastic parent committee that always steps up, helps out volunteers. Um, I know that there was major cutbacks within all, within our entire school district, but um, it's really a struggle. So I was wondering how actually does the district run Mm. and can I be a part of that process and part of the solution in terms of getting funds directly to our students? So that's kind of how it all started. The by-election was almost like a nudge, and I put my foot forward, and here I am today. Okay, so basically, by-election, that was kind of timing for you. Did you did you already know some of the ins and outs of, of how, how what, the, what, what, I knew sort nothing. Of what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing. Um, I knew we had seven trustees. I had met trustees over the years. They'd come out to some of the functions. Um, I knew their superintendent at the time and that's pretty much about it. Like I am really at the student level, student base, dealing with our teachers, trying to facilitate events for our kids, um, engaging our students at the high, sp- high school to come out and be a part of the high school football team, um, bringing the band program on, having them play at halftime. I think that we have such a, a cool venue there at Mercer and just to build upon the football program because it's not just the football program, it's all of those students at that high school that make that football program work okay. and teachers. So yeah, I, I haven't, this isn't something that, I, I'm a new parent, so it was not, never really Congratulations. something. Congratulations. Well, I guess not. A year, she's a year and a half old, but it's not something. She's not in school. She's not in, she's not <laughs> yeah. in school yet. Your time will come. So it's not something that was really, really on my radar um, until sort of more, more recently. I guess now it's sort of something that we're thinking about um, a little more often. So in terms of explaining this to somebody who knows not much, basically nothing about it, um, you guys are elected? Uh, do you guys? Do you want me to start from the top? Do you want to start? Maybe yes. explain it to for for my so, friend over here, <laughs> asking no for problem. a friend. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> that's your lifeline. <laughs> Ask a friend. I'll be your lifeline. Okay. So when I started as a trustee, I'm just gonna backtrack here real quick. I was asked by one of the teachers in Queensboro, uh, Queensboro Elementary, to come in and speak to grade two class on what a trustee is. Now I 
just started, just getting warmed up to the position. Yeah, so and keep I thought, it at that level. Yeah, okay, done, done. <laughs> I've got, I got it covered. Okay. And I walk into the classroom and I'm thinking, how am I really going to sell as a trustee what they do? They just started in politics trying to figure out what a mayor is, um, what a council member is. So I made a list. And I said at the top of the list, it was a trustee. And then I went, I worked my way down. You have your superintendent, associate superintendent, secretary treasurer, and you keep going down the list until you get to the students. So I posted this up on the wall for the grade two students. And I said, hey, who's the most important person in this room? And the kids are like, well, I am. I, I am. I am most important. And I said, absolutely. So why are you guys on the bottom of this? I don't like this list. I ripped it off the wall, ripped it up. And now I had their attention. And I'm like, so the most important the person that you know is you, right? You're the student. Let's put you guys at the top of the list. Well, who's the next person? And of course, they're grade two. So they're like, well, my mom, my dad, my... Okay, let's put moms and dads, parents. But who's another person that you see every day at school? Oh, my teacher, my teacher. I really like my teacher. So what I did was we listed out... I worked with the kids to list out how, what a trustee does. And in my opinion, I think a trustee serves... And we serve not only our students, we work with our parents, but we have to be there to support our teachers. So it's kind of, um, it was a lesson for me giving it. And it was also really cool to have the kids engaged and to get them just a little bit interested in terms of what a trustee does. But a trustee is a board of people. There's seven of us in New Westminster. And we, we make policies and procedures. It's quite exciting. <laughs> okay. Um, are you guys at City Hall then, or is there another facility? There's a board office. So it was board built, it was completed two years ago, approximately two years ago, and it's right on Ontario, I want to say. I like that you're looking Ontario. at me like I can give you the Well, answer. you guys know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still learning streets. It's behind Fraser Middle School. How's that? Do you okay. Yeah, that's a sneaky little street back there. That it is. Uh, I walk past oh, that's, that's that every Jersey. day. Yeah, Fraser yep. River Middle School. That's I thought the it, was school it not Ontario, that building. little it could be. back drive? I think it used to be the history behind it was it was like a road that actually kind of went through a long, long time ago. And now it's been shortened because of development to a very small section. Hmm. That's from the curator wife. Um, <laughs> That's a Jane me, fact? Giving me a history lesson as I'm walking. Uh, You're just go, trying to go, to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so you guys meet. Um, we meet every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every single Tuesday. Almost, almost. Whoa. Actually, well, most Depen- of them. yeah, depending on how many Tuesdays are in the month. So, for example, the very first Tuesday of the month, we discuss anything to do with education and they call it an educational or um, the ed committee. And it's all of us sitting at the table um, and everybody and anyone is invited. Even if you don't have children, you're more than welcome to attend the meetings. They start at 730. Parents, parents can go. Anybody. Even if you don't have kids, Come. Come sit. Do people attend? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't. And I am I am also of that before I became a trustee. Yeah. But I think, too, the culture is changing. Hmm. Can, um, can students attend? Absolutely. Hmm. That's just the first Tuesday. So, so the second stuff. Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> carry on, carry on. Yes, yeah. sorry. Um, the second Tuesday, we deal with anything in terms of operations for the district. And they call that the ops meeting. And that happens again at 730. Same place, Ontario Street. Ontario I'm Street. pretty yeah. sure. Behind Fraser River Middle Refi- School. Yes. Um, and the meetings are about an hour, hour and a half, depending on what issues are on the agenda. And then at the very last meeting, it would be the end of the month. And those are the actually official board meetings. So any motions that are started... And passed, 
they're passed to the very end of the month. And then from there, we discuss the, at the board meeting, which then those motions will be passed and put into place or implemented. What, what are some examples over the last while of, of things that you would be dealing with at one of those meetings? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> oh. Great question. Great question. Um, Mary's so much more flattering. <laughs> Cote never told yeah. me I had a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you asked well, that. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I looked around to see what other school districts are, are doing, and I really feel that we serve students, we need to hear their voice, and their voice should be at our table. So how do I make that happen? How did other districts do that? And how can I do that as a trustee? So I started talking about this last November. In March, we passed a motion for student trustees to sit at our table at the education meetings. and um, Student trustees. Student trustees. So it's students from the high school. They would sit with us on Tuesday meetings, the first Tuesday of the month, and they would talk about issues that are happening at the high school. It was a start to get kids at our table and their voice. Are they elected? Well, that's the question. So the, the motion I put forward is to have students at our table and then within the high school, they figure out how that would work. Hmm. So it, say there was a, a high school student or something, someone was, some budding star was showing, like, hey, there's a, for example, there's an election going on right now. That's something I'm interested in. Um, could, if they wanted to s- sit at one of the, I know you said anyone can, but if they wanted representation, say from, from the student body, would they talk to their principal? Would they talk to their parents? Like, how would how would they go about getting involved? Another very good question. Love the student trustee motion. Okay, so the the concept was to have students at our table discussing real issues that are happening at the high school. And in order to make that happen, it would facilitate through the school. For example, our high school at this time does not have a student. Um, Council? Yeah, they do not have a student council. That's shocking to me. How, it is. Uh, yeah, that's weird. It do is. they have? Did they I thought that was one? like a they, mandatory we, we, kind of thing. I went to uh, NDUB, and we always had student council. Uh, how long has that been? For as long as I've known. But I, I, wow. Like, yeah, maybe so, eight to ten years, huh. maybe, approximately. I it, it We need a student voice. So as a trustee... The way that I could navigate through that is start having a student voice right at our table as trustees, and then from there, maybe engaging the kids to figure out a way, okay, we need a voice within our school. What's that going to look like? Because we have student council at some of our middle schools, and why it doesn't carry over to our high school, I'm not quite sure. That's really crazy. So one of the challenges so far has been getting students involved Let's talk about other challenges. What what are the biggest things that um, that come up as a, a school trustee or at at these meetings? Can I just add something actually that sure. you brought up? Yeah, I think we have student engagement. There are so many students that have come to me to say, "Hey, I love the student trustee initiative. How do I sign up? Where do I so sign up?" So students want to engage. They want it's just hard to. Is that? It's not that it's hard to. I think that we put up red tape. And that, for me, is difficult. It's free for anyone to come and sit at our table and talk. Mm. And that's what I want. So maybe my hope is is that we can work through red tape, have kids sitting with us faster, right. getting their insight and input is 
they can attend but not necessarily engage or or no i i would prefer them at our table right but as is sure you can attend but not necessarily evoke any change okay <laughs> uh oh! Is that, is that Mary? Mary's the side. Something. Like, Mary's like, turning yeah. towards Jeremy. I'm not now sure what's about to happen. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk turkey. What I what my want is for our students to have a voice at our table, and I think as a trustee, and I will continue pushing this, is at all costs we should have kids at our table. No more red tape. They should be sitting with us, and that has to happen. Hmm. Does that happen in other districts? Yes. It's very common. It's, this is no new news. And is that usually a student council that is there? Or, or what? how does that work? Depends like, does on how they like? structure it. Some districts will have um, kids put their name in to other the trustees. It'll, it's like you apply for a position, same kind of concept. Others do it within the school, and then the school will send that um, student as a representative for their school. We only have one high school. Right. So it's quite easy as opposed to having three or four or five it seems high schools. To, yeah, it seems to make sense. I mean, from an accountability standpoint, there. I mean, you're there for, like you said, with the second grader, who I can really relate to, um, that you've got, <laughs> you know, the whole purpose is for students, uh, teachers, parents, and, and people that live in the city, right? Um, so to make sure that those mandates are being met, that that, that, that there needs, yeah, to have the accountability there. Um Seems to seems to make sense to me. So if our listeners are, I mean, part of why we're doing this show and part of why people are listening is to understand who to vote for in the, in the upcoming election, right? This isn't just a show to campaign for Mary. It's to help people understand how to size up all of their options, right? So if they're hearing this and saying, I do want students to have a voice in New West at the school board level, um, what should they look for in a candidate if that's, if that's something that they're advocating for? Like if the, are the candidates saying this in black and white terms? Or, and I don't want you to speak to any of them individually. We're not trying to set you up here. But if a voter is trying to make this decision, is w- there something that's out there to help them? I would ask them. When they knock on your door or when you call them up or email them, ask them. Say, where, what is your stance on student voice? And how are you going to engage our kids at the table? Because I think it's really important for our kids to sit there and say, look, as a trustee, you made this policy here, and this is what it looks like at my high school affecting me personally. And we need to hear that. So ask them. Phone them, text them, email them. That's cool. And I mean, for me, as a, a yeah, parent... Yeah, that's the only one of us that actually has parent, kids in school. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, one kid in elementary school and one in middle school now. Oh, I um, guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to correct you, but I, I thought, thought that was Matt's job. He's in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I look at it and I think, okay, so to your point, there's only one high school. Pretty easy to name one or two representatives when you don't have to try to cherry pick which school gets a representative. On the same note, there's only one high school student base that can benefit or be negatively impacted by the decisions at the school board level. So to exactly your point, if there's something that isn't working, you should probably hear from the students because it's not like, oh, well, it's different at this high school versus that one versus this one. If you created a policy and it doesn't work at that one high school, we have an issue. It doesn't work, yeah. right? Now, high school isn't the only level. It does trickle down to middle school and, and elementary school. But it sounds like, I mean, we're doing our most development in, in terms of trying to turn into adults at the high school level, and that's where the students can engage more. So anyway, I just thought I would, I would add to that as a parent and sort of observing it that there's only one school. So it seems pretty straightforward. The feedback should come in, and it should be a pretty direct feedback loop. 
The and and I I don't think we mentioned it at the top, but we did actually. I'm sorry to say, Mary, we did invite other school trustees to come and talk. Uh, you were the one who who said yes, so thank you for coming on the nice. show. Um, although I do have to say, you didn't answer my question. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so, um, other than getting kids to the table to have a voice, what are some of the challenges uh, that you face as a school trustee? They always say, follow the money. And right now, we're in a $3 million surplus. And as a trustee sitting at that table, it's very difficult for me because I see $3 million that haven't gone for the last year directly to our students. Is that, I don't have any perspective. Is that an extraordinary number? Considering the deficit we had for years. Yeah, well, (laughs) I look at it in terms of there was $3 million there to spend for support for our teachers, for supplies for our students, um, for more teachers, and we didn't make that happen. So it's, it's almost, you shouldn't really have that kind of money in the bank especially when we are not meeting the needs of our students. And it's all types of learners. I'm, I'm pretty curious about the budget side of things as a parent, um, only because I'm trying to understand what school board does. I mean, I know that you vote on the budget. How much involvement does a trustee have in actually shaping the budget? In terms of income, so the provincial government, for every student that sits in your seat at your school, you have an allocation of funds. So, for example, and I think it's around seven thousand. Don't quote me on that, but it's roughly around seven thousand per student that's allocated to sit in the seat in your district. From there, what happens is children with different needs. Um, there's a certain allocation of funds, and those are students that are designated. And there's a process that has to happen for that designation to happen. And with each designation, there's extra funding for that child. Sometimes um, that funding does not go directly to that child. Yeah, it's, it's pooled. Yes. We're, we're talking about like English as a second language or, or special needs. Developmental special. disabilities. To yeah, the from yeah, behavioral to you name it, yeah. Wh- which is a funding that we need for our kids and it should go directly to those kids. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of a diversion and that's really tough. Like as a parent, if I have a child that has been designated and I see those funds drifting in other direction, that would be very hard for me, especially when I've had my child designated. Those funds are specifically for my child, and yet my child doesn't see them. Now, I'm not saying that in all cases. I'm saying it's something that we really need to look at as a board, revisit, and make sure that we are actually funding, getting money to the kids who need it, support for our teachers in those classrooms. So it's, it's a struggle, and it's also a huge balance. So does the board say we're allocating this percentage of, of our total funds to supplies and this much to facilities? Or do you say there's facilities, but we want this much to go to facility improvement and this much to go to facility maintenance? I'm just curious yeah. how deep your involvement goes in shaping the budget you know, as I'm trying to decide who to vote for. Well, so when, when, you, when funds come in from the provincial government, the norm is about 80% of those funds will go to staffing, principals, teachers, and the 20% will go to operations, groundskeeping, maintenance department, that kind of thing, repainting, simple things like that, custodials. Well, I guess they're more on the um, staffing side. But it's, it's always a balance to find, one, where you're going to get the money, how you're going to get it, 
and um, where, how are you going to allocate those funds? I guess my main curiosity is just to understand, like, do you have a voice to, to change how the budget is allocated or do you just get presented the budget and you vote yes or no? We do have a voice. As trustees, yeah. we do have a voice. And if change needs to be made, you put a motion forward to state and then a backgrounder on why you want to change something. And then from there, we all vote. If you have a majority vote, then you can implement those changes. But the, the superintendent runs the ship. Okay. And we're a part of that process. And is it my understanding that the board is involved in the selection of the superintendent? Yes, they do hire the superintendent. Okay. And that was just recent that our superintendent was yes. came on board, right? There's an interim superintendent. And we then... ha- yeah, we had an interim uh, January, February, March. And then we hired, Krim was the associate superintendent and we hired him. Um, he is now the superintendent and he's been fantastic. So if that person stays on board, uh, a new trustee coming in, if they were elected now, probably isn't making a change at the superintendent level for the next four years. It's expected that that person typically sticks around for a number of years. I would hope not. I, yeah. I would hope not. That like be, that it doesn't. No, that it, yeah, that there's, no, there's, <laughs> that there's no changes. He's, he's also new to the position and there's a, a lot of learning. Like for me, I'm still learning as a trustee. It's, it's like every Tuesday night I go to class, really. <laughs> I take a class at university and I'm, I'm getting the best education ever. So <laughs> I, I know there's, um, there's lots to do as a superintendent and he has been fantastic in his new role. Are there any other staffing allocations that could be uh, the focus of a trustee if elected in, over the next term? Well, is it, or is it just superintendent and then the... Yeah, the superintendent. So he'll build his team. He, which I'm, he selects his team. I'm pretty sure he's built his team already. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see them having any more growth at the board office. But again, that would be up to him. Okay. Mary, what are some of the things you want... If you're reelected, what are some of the, the big ticket items that you want to accomplish? Again, a very good question. I'm bringing the mic a little closer. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to make sure that the allocation of funds are specifically um, ready and available for our teachers. And when teachers need funding for specific things, that they have it. And there's not a lot of red tape in place for them to actually access those funds. I've said many times... um, We have fantastic teachers that go above and beyond. I want to actually speak to the band program, the arts program, uh, dance. There's a core group of teachers there that work really hard to put on a production every year at the high school. This production costs a lot of money. Are you talking about the musical? Yes. It's really gone up over the past few years. It is fantastic. And I think this year Kelly Prosnick has to take a step down in terms of putting the musical together because it's hours and hours and hours of work. And the district doesn't step up in terms of funding it. So she has to go out on her own time and her own dime to figure out how am I going to pull in sponsors to actually sponsor this event. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple teachers there in the summertime even that they spend their summer teaching for free, donating their time so they can make money teaching these classes, which then in turn go back into that musical to help pay for it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Our teachers go above. They're awesome. I can't say enough. Wow. So my first thing is allocation of funds. And what does that look like? How it should be easy for our teachers to access these funds? 
And the second if Farhan were here, he'd say football, football, football. But I have to. <laughs> but Farhan's yeah, not here. He's <laughs> not here. So um, I want to make sure that we are actually meeting the needs of all learners. And I want to know as a trustee that every single child doesn't left, does not get left behind. So whatever their needs are, we need to and we have to meet them. And the third is uh, something that's pretty close to my heart. Like I love sports, but I think that for in order to meet like extracurricular activities, we need to figure out how to get funds to them, whatever that may look like for whatever student we keep, we need to keep our kids engaged. And that's priority. Number one, kids who are engaged, kids who stay in school, kids who stay in school, kids will pass. Stay out of trouble. I like that. <laughs> I, I will comment a little bit on allocation of funds. Uh, because uh, one of my kids uh, falls in a gray area as far as designation and deserving funding according to the structure of things. And it's my understanding that her school has actually found a way to to pool funds that are intended for designated kids and then allocate it to her, although she was never intended to be allocated funds. Without them, uh, she'd just be, there'd be no point in going to school. So I'm just playing devil's advocate to say that allocation of funds, maybe there's, there's a balance there where I'm curious where that lands. I'm just trying to speak to other people who've had other experiences, right? Where if it's maybe too uh, deliberately defined, it takes away from the teachers the opportunity to maybe work it in, in a way that does benefit them. Because that's been my experience just in that one sort of vein, right? Um, but then I also wonder about things like sports, where it's like, well, okay, football really, does really well, so we funnel a lot of funding into football because of its success as a program. But maybe there's other programs that would say, well, maybe we would be more successful if you gave us more funding. And, J- you know. Just so we're clear, there's no <laughs> funds that go into football. The parents <laughs> fundraise all of it. Um, so is there nothing for sports in, in high school at all? They do have a certain funds that are allocated, but football was something that stands on its own two feet. So Yeah, I mean, I think anybody in the community should understand there's a ton of fundraising that goes into the HIAC program, yes. and that's what keeps it alive, and that's what you've, you've built for that program, right? Yes. We, we use it as an ongoing example because of your involvement, but yes. yeah, let's be clear to the listeners that funding for athletics at the school level is probably what, it's covering all- jerseys, maybe? Um, maybe taping, like medical supplies. <laughs> so, and it's a great start, right? Like I'm happy for anything. I think um, anything for our program is fantastic. But um, you had a very good point there and I want to speak to that if that's okay. So lem- your, your child is designated and there's a designation, the funds are there for your child or I, I wasn't quite so clear. Well, so she has some mes- medical diagnoses, but they don't necessarily meet or didn't early on yeah. in her, her education uh, meet a high enough standard for the province or the board level, whatever it is, to yeah. look at it as a designation that qualifies for funding. So although the school, I don't know where the, where the line is there. There's, there she, you know, there's a designation that goes next to the name so the teachers yeah. know, but it may not necessarily equate to, to funds. funding. Yes. And I think they've also changed that as well in the last little while on what that looks like and how, how much money they allocate for, for different things. Um, I think that that has to be looked at because as a parent, when you're going through that process to get your child designated, one, that's very stressful. Two, it takes a long time to go through. And by the time you've gone through it, your core years for that child 
are gone where mm. they need to be supported in the classroom. So it might take two to three years to actually get the designation. And by that time, you've missed out K to grade two, grade three, where they really needed that support. So as a trustee, that's something that I want to look at for the up and coming years. If I'm elected, if I'm reelected, um, I think the, again, accessible to funds should be available for those kids. And I think also it shouldn't be a struggle to get them. And in terms of allocating, and I, I hear what you're saying about funds coming in from another designated child, and it's almost like they're pooling resources. If that works, awesome. Absolutely awesome. Because now you have an EA that's also helping another child. So when they've got their uh, student that's set up and working efficiently and, you know, almost, well, they're working with the teacher, right? They're side by side in that classroom with the teacher. So it's all about teachers, flow, EAs, and how to make that classroom work and meet the needs. For our listeners, just in case they don't know, EA is? Educational assistant. I'm sorry. Not electronic arts. (laughs) 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 And and that's kind of how it's been working in my my kids' classrooms, right? As they they try to build those classrooms where they say, okay, we put a few kids who have an EA assigned, essentially, or they get hours, but then that EA can come in and we just, oh, how what a coincidence. The the student seems to be sitting next to another kid who could use your help, who, you know, isn't on the formal list. But that's how they essentially pool the funds and the resource, and the resource teacher is used in a way to say, okay, well, you have to be here with this kid but we're just gonna bring two more in with you (laughs) but again as a district i think we need to step up and stepping up means why do we need to pull funds when that child specifically needs that ea and we need to bring in another ea to meet the needs of the kids like it's that one it's that balance two is are we meeting all the learners and if i can answer yes to all those questions then we're golden and if i can't then it's something that the board has to look at are there problems with how they decide who's designated is that one of the issues some parents actually don't want to go through the process of a designation for their child they don't want labeling per se Hmm. it's a struggle that process in itself is a struggle and then once the parents are like okay let's let's start this process one it's long tedious and then some parents are just like you know what i'll just pay for it out of my own pocket and it it's thousands of dollars it's not cheap Correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, and then when you've done, you, you've gone through this process to get your child designated, and then in the end, the provincial government turns around and says, actually, there's no funding for your child for that mm. designation. And that's heartbreaking. So now you're like, okay, well, I'm back to square one. I've just wasted all of this time and resources on my own to figure out where my child is, and there's actually no support in the classroom. Our district has to step up. And that's one of the places I think we really need to focus on and step up. So I want to move on to a hot, hot button topic. Okay. Uh, May Day. <laughs> <laughs> no one has an opinion on May Day, Jeff. Uh, can you fill us in on why this is such a big deal and, and what the struggle is? Part of it is old and new. Can I say that? Old and new? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of perspective from how I feel. It's it's taken 16 years to build a tradition for the high school football team. It's taken a lot of time, a lot of resources, a ton of people volunteering. You have an event that's almost 150 years old, and we're going to kind of push it by the wayside. For me, that's troubling because I'm only 16 years in, and I know the time it took to build that NWSS high school football team. 
we already have an event. We already have history. We already have something in place. My thing is, let's look at it. Maybe bring, bring back some of the tradition. Maybe expand on this event and figure out how to engage all of these kids that are sitting there. So well, just to take one step back. You want to know, am I for or against? No. I, well, oh, okay. I, I, feel like you, I feel like you're already saying that you are for. I don't know if I'm misreading. Uh, but for, for maybe people who don't know, uh, there's a lot of discussion on the May Day Festival and whether it should be taken out of the school system or not. Yes. Um, and, and this has been a real hot topic. We've even talked about it. You and Matt kind of went at it a bit on that. On, uh, was it, there was an episode where we chatted about it. Matt and I may have, have gotten into it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, May Day was a part of me Question growing was, up in the West about my siblings. And, and I'm, I'm on, I guess, uh, we were trying, you were, you were trying to figure to, out if it was relevant or not or something, was it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's something to be said for shared culture. But I, I know I'm, I'm, there's lots of different opinions on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I think there's a role for May Day. I think May Day is very historical. I love the fact that tradition is built within it. The question is, are we engaging our students? Can we take away class time to implement, like, there's a certain dance? Now, my son, who has learned the dance... Um, mom, I don't want to dance. I don't think boys, I don't want to, you know, you have that conversation with your child. And then there's my daughter who can't wait to do the dance and who can't. So I think it, I think it's very individual with kids. I danced in school. We, we had to take a whole section on dance. So for me, that's not the issue. The issue is, are we actually putting resources for our teachers to actually teach this? Can we have a curriculum that embodies that? So if you're teaching a socials class, can those students taking socials say, yes, this is the whole historical um, event rollout for May Day, and this is how we came here today. I want student engagement. I want to know that kids know this is why we're doing this, and this is all the people that we're affecting. And to pull a community together, it's one event. You get every single school under one roof, not our high, like our high school students. I think the band comes and plays. Well, and the, and the high our, school students skip school on that day. But, ah, that's that's the high I'm, school. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I I'm not. Too, it's not. I can't hear. Sorry, sorry. You're good on May Day, Jeff. I'm happy to to move on to something else. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to shift uh, as we say across the water over to Queensboro. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think something you've advocated for in the past, and I'm sure if that was the past, it still rings true today, is transportation service. Yes. Okay, so um, for those who are listening and maybe they're thinking about transportation, it came up with Fraser Middle School, trying to get from the West End and other areas with there is a bit of a long trek for some of our middle school students, and it's certainly a long trek for Queensboro students to go to the high school. So for any candidate who may be advocating for this, um, what does the future look like for that? Where Where is it now? Because I know you've been working on it, and, and what does the future look like? What can uh, a trustee do for the next term? So I'll give you a little bit of background information. When I started as a trustee, I wanted to understand what has happened to ad- who has been advocating for a bus for our kids. Uh, Yonina Campbell, who is a trustee and a parent, a very key parent in Queensboro, actually went to TransLink and lobbied them, saying, look, we need buses from Queensboro directly to the high school. They used to have them. It was called the Special uh, TransLink said, no, I'm sorry, that's not our issue. That's a district issue. You guys need to figure it out within the district. 
Does it require so a transfer right now? Does it, re- so does it require a transfer? Like on buses, you can't take one bus. You have to take one bus, then hop on and get on another bus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I did it. Actually, I went on. I hopped on last December. Um, Kaylee actually came with me. I said, hey, do you want to go for a bus ride? Uh, it was it was it was really enlightening. We had buses pass us. We had buses that were full that couldn't take us. We had uh, not missed a bus. It just it didn't. Bus just didn't come. Yeah, which, (laughs) you know, you're... It's a tough way to consistently get to school every day. Well, I didn't make the class on time. Like, if I had class, I was late. I I got a ton of sympathy for a kid who's going to high school and just trying to get through the difficulties of high school, and they can't even get a consistent trip to school every morning. That sounds terrible start to your day. It is hard. Like, I, I have to admit, I... My thing is, is we talk about safe schools, we can't even get our kids there safely. So why don't we start, um, in terms of a district itself, I don't know of any other district that has a major bridge that our kids have to cross. So I think this is um, a unique situation, whether we lobby the provincial government for more money, saying, look, we have a very unique situation here, and what we're asking our students to do is not safe. That's one of the ways we can do it. There's another way we can also allocate funds I'm not saying the kids should pay the full price, but maybe there is uh, a very small percentage of funds coming from the parents saying, look, here's a bus, we'll fund a portion of it. The parents step up, fund a very small portion as well. We had, um, my first motion that I put forth was regarding busing. And what I wanted to do was find out how many kids are actually going to take a bus. Maybe this isn't relevant anymore. There is approximately 200 parents that vocalized to me that they would be interested in a bus and what what's the total population of new west secondary about 900 19 sorry 1900 students okay so 200 is a it's fair a, chunk of that yes yeah, yeah that is kids that are in queensborough that are attending the high school give or take right mm-hmm. give or take depending on the year um so the question was how would we implement a bus would students take it and who's going to pick up the bill is really the, the key things. Um, and it, it was hard because the information that went out from the district, uh, which was great. It was a great start. Um, it wasn't in multiple languages. There was a big bill attached to it. So, for example, if a bus would, you know, from Queensboro to the high school, it would be a, about $150 a month. Well, I know parents with two students that go to the, two of their children that go to the high school that are students. That's a $300 bill monthly. Yeah. Plus, when their kids play extracurricular activities, so if they're basketball, they do basketball practice, they can't catch the school bus home, they've got to take transit, and now they're paying for oh, a transit Oh, so they got to pay transit on they top need a bus of pass. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So as parents were looking through all this, they're like, well, we can't afford that. Like, I, There's just no way. So what I would like to do is, why don't we just do a dry run? We don't need four buses. Why don't we have one bus and start from somewhere as opposed to doing nothing? So we start with a dry run. We figure out if kids actually are going to take the bus, if parents are mm-hmm. going to support this, see how it goes. Is that kind of like what they're doing with the Q to Q? The city's doing that. Yeah. As a, and it's kind of was a bit of a dry run sort of link that they were doing. Yeah. And they've extended it too. Yeah. So that was for the time. Yeah. Isn't success, it? Yeah. Successful. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So where where is the bus situation now? There's just there is no funding, like there isn't a concrete plan right now. 
There is no concrete plan. Okay. Absolutely. So coming into this next term, if it's something that's important to anyone, it certainly is something they should be asking their candidate to see if they're, if they're going to have a voice for that. Is that yes. fair to say? Okay. Absolutely. And, and what about, do you have any thoughts? Have you investigated for those parents who are concerned about access, like I said, to Fraser Middle School from, from the West End or Connaught Heights? If I can get one bus, I can get two. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I don't know um, if you guys have investigated this at all, just as a, as a complete sort of sidebar. I grew up in Tawasson, South Delta, and there's a neighborhood, uh, Boundary Bay. It's quite disconnected uh, from the community. It's down by the water, and that has bus service. So it must fall within a certain, there, there must be a, a distance boundary, right, where bus service well, is the, then mandatory? The district sets those oh it decides boundaries yes so it was always interesting growing up for the the bay rats who had to take the bus because when <laughs> school got out if they you know if there's anything going on there you could see it in their eyes like i gotta i gotta catch the bus i gotta yeah. get my bus you know and that was a way of life for them and it was actually a pretty great way of life they loved the bus every morning every day go home from school they had their own little community going that way really connected um i mean it's it still exists today because of the geographical sort of divide there um but it, it seems to me that if they can have a bus without a bus or bridge crossing um, in a little sleepy community, they could probably pull it off in New West. So I, I so. really hope that you can uh, push that through and get some uh, some people to help you with that on the board when uh, if and when you are brought back in. Mary, uh, before we started recording, you were talking about some of the challenges of the school uh, nourishment program. Did you want to share some of that? Yeah, on we, air? we were just, uh, last board meeting was October 2nd, and it was one of the topics that were brought up in how the district will implement the school nutrition program. I think it's a fantastic program. I love the fact that every child can have a hot lunch, and it doesn't matter if your parents can financially afford it or not. Every child will have a hot lunch. My wife would be really happy about that. Oh, so am I. I'm waiting. I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. No more making we'll, lunches. We'll pay for four kids. <laughs> hey, that could be a slogan. You know, you never know. Never make a hot lunch or a lunch again for your child. We'll take care of it. Um, I think the how they're rolling it out is is a really great start, and I hope that more schools can be able to sign up faster. Uh, next year, I believe, is when we are going to have the first rollout. Sorry, guys, I'm just looking at my notes. I know you can't see this, but... Um, and I I'm, I applaud Yonina Campbell for stepping up, and she started this initiative last year. The staff have been excellent in trying to implement what it would look like. Um, and it's it's a huge undertaking. Like, it's a very big undertaking for a district to do this. Is this for every school? Every in New school. West? Yes. So um, elementary schools, um, by the end of 2000, no, beginning of 2019, I think every elementary school will be on, sorry, 2020, every elementary school will be on board. And is that Monday to Friday? or Monday what? to Friday. So what? everybody gets lunch? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody gets lunch. Um, as a parent, so I would, uh, sign my child, my, both my kids up and by signing my kids up and paying full price, I also subsidize for the other kids as well that couldn't afford it. And because it doesn't matter who you are, no one knows who pays and who doesn't. That's the important part for yes. the kids. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's with all of these services that go on, the intent is to try to, to not single people out. 
right? Single the kids out. And, and you don't, you never want that. I know. And as a parent, if I couldn't afford something, I don't want to feel bad because I can't give my kid what other parents are giving. So it's hard. It's, you know, again, balance, right? Trying to figure out that balance and making sure everybody's needs are met. Yeah. You know, coming into this, like I'm having, I had a hard time before the episode understanding what a school trustee did. And, and I want, I always vote in every election that I've never provided an opportunity to do so, but probably have always had the least information about school trustees Um, and trying to understand what that is. But I think everybody needs to understand there's, there's a big impact on the community that comes from the school board level. If you have students in school or not, you know, the students who go to school in your community are part of your community. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're going to contribute to it or they're going to cause problems or, or whatever it is. And, and that can all be improved or, or degraded from the board level, right? So the whole point of having you on is, for, is to try to understand what the board can do, how we should educate ourselves in, in voting. And I'm still trying to put it all together, but there's some important components here, right? And um, I'm just trying to understand if there's anything else that you think the listeners really need to know that the board can can influence that, that really matters to the, the children in their community, you know, if their parents are not. Well, we talk about community schools and we build for community schools. And if you look at other districts, uh, Coquitlam is one of them. They have a, um, an understanding that there's no rentals for facilities within our schools. And I think that that's something we should look at. For example, when our kids take swimming lessons, that is part of the city and the district working together and there's no cost. When the um, city wants to rent facilities within the schools, there is no cost to that because you're building a community. You're looking at within school hours and like obviously there's different um, policies that go with this, but the, the concept is if you're building a community school, let's do it. And that's what I want to do in New West. I think that's really important. I think we should be making every effort to make uh, sports, arts, um, music, whatever the student is interested in, make it accessible and easy for them to get there in these classes and be a part of it. Can I add something? No. <laughs> darn, darn. No, I... Um, portables are a hot topic. I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. I was waiting. When you talked about Queensboro, I'm like, portables. Um... This, for me, when I found out that we had more portables coming onto our different sites, I understand why. I know that we're growing. It's a fantastic thing to be a part of. The other side to that is portables. And I think at levels or primary grades, we need to figure out a way to have all portables with washroom facilities. So, for example, um, if my child was in a portable and she was asked to leave the portable, not asked, but she had to go to the washroom, she would really just start wandering off and never make it to the washrooms in the school because, you know, they're curious, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, mm-hmm. and you give them a key to get out. And yeah. you could probably, see a squirrel on your I, way. Yeah, and like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff can happen. <laughs> how, how does it work right now? If, if, if I am a kid and I have to go to the bathroom does somebody escort me to the washroom? Do I just no, the, walk around? The teacher can't leave the class. So what happens is that some, in some cases, they'll pair up the student with another student and say, "Okay, here's the key. Head into the." Uh, um, I thought because they all had iPhones, you just find my iPhone feature, <laughs> track them, just track so them. You're, you're saying that the doors are locked to the school. Depends on the school. Okay. Um, 
again, it's either a fob or sometimes the doors are open. They're left open at the back of the school for kids. Yeah, the entrance the that the kids would be using, yeah. right? But they have to go so, through the field or whatever, and we're just trusting that the five-year-old makes it to the door. Is it not the older yes. grades that end up in the portables, though? Well, that's the thing. We are growing so fast and furious in Queensboro that it's K to grade four. And almost half the students that attend that school, because we've almost doubled in size, are in portables. Mm. So when you're doing the math, there's more kids um, in the lower grades that are actually in portables. And we had a parent come to one of our board meetings and speak as a nurse. And she said, look, part of this is you have kids coming in from the playground. They need to wash their hands. And they can't because they have to go outside either to the school <laughs> or... <laughs> they have to cross the playground <laughs> again. <laughs> to wash your hands, to come back in, to eat lunch. So it, there's, it's not only a safety issue, but it's a health issue. And I think it's really important for our district to step up. And we, we talked about water wash carts. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the term. I just learned about this term uh, last spring. And I, it's a Band-Aid solution. And it was, it's, it's like a, a glorified outhouse attached to the side of a, another portable so the kids still have to leave their classroom, the portable classroom. Mm. They still have to walk outside. Then they have to go into this outside wash cart bathroom and then go back into their room. So it, for me personally, if we're going to do it, do it right. Put in washroom facilities and all portables, especially at the elementary school level. Yeah. At least it's not just a vat of like Purell. That you just dip, <laughs> dip, dip your hands in, done. Into. Why, we were going to ask about portables. I don't know if we just didn't get to it yet. I, or at least I was going to ask um, because someone else mentioned on one of the other episodes that we built these new schools, but yet we are putting portables in at mm-hmm. them. Um, you were mentioning that there's been a lot of growth. Queens, so Queensboro's had a lot of growth, a lot yes. of new families, a lot of new housing there. Um, have some of the other schools I don't know if that's true or not. Do they have yes. to add portables? Um, Glenbrook had two portables placed. Uh, last year we had at Richard McBride, we had two portables put out front. Spencer's like, had portables forever. For a long they time. have, yeah. yeah. And part of that is how it's... So when you're building a school, so the provincial government will give you funding to build a school. And they the funding is for the amount of students that are in that school at that time. But it takes years to build a school from start to finish. Oh, interesting. So if you only have 1,900 kids in your school, for example, at the high school, mm-hmm. well, that's what you're building to. Unfortunately, they're not actually They taking, don't project yes, into the future. They don't take into consideration projections. Okay. Hmm. Now, that hopefully that philosophy is changing and that they understand. We <laughs> so we're going to have portables growth. in the high school when it's I'm not too new. sure what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I, I can't hear you. No. Um, I, I think it's something that as a district we need to push for building for the future, not just building for the present. They just approved the high school that they should have built 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. When I was graduating, we have a thousand seats for students here. What do you, what do you mean? It's 1900 now. A uh, lot, lot goes into planning. It seems. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much You're for very coming welcome. on the show, Mary. Now, if, if people want to find out more about you, We'll put it in the show notes, but where where can they where oh, can you, they find out info? Oh, you can uh, go online, um, Mary Lelgy NW. Um, you can Google Mary Lelgy. I've got a Facebook, uh, Twitter. 
It's okay. We'll put it all in the show notes. So we'll get it from you and the listeners can go ahead and find that. So they'll be able to find you there. Uh, voting on uh, October, October 20th, 20th is the general day. election day. Yeah, yeah. So people, please educate yourselves. There's more that you have to vote for. How many? Tr- do you know how many trustees people get to vote for? There's seven. So there are seven yeah. seats. You get to make seven ballot choices. Yeah. But you don't have to pick all seven if you don't want to. If you don't want to. Can you, you add pick- several to one? You could, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could try. It was funny because someone said, well, what's your report card? And I'm like, that's a very good question. October 20th is really my report card. In the last two years, it'll tell me if I pass, yeah. I get an A, which means I'm reelected. <laughs> and if I don't pass in terms of getting an So F, it's either an A or an F. Exactly. <laughs> you did great or you didn't do good at all. Do we know how many people are running for trustee? There is 16 of us. 16. Yeah. And do you know how many independent versus, because we weren't able to get the other, any other guys. I'm just wondering. Um, kind of putting Mary in the hot seat. No, 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 no. that's okay. Anytime, anytime. If I can't answer, I'll just say I'm not too sure. Uh, I think all, there's five matter. of us. No, that's okay. Yeah. I think there's five of us that are independent. I believe there's that sounds right. five, yes, yeah. that are independent. And then um, you have the newest progressives and then you also have the team Cote group. Okay. So it's... It's a good mix, right? Like my thing is a balanced board. That's the dream team. That's yeah. what I want to build. Cool. Cool. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, Thank you good for luck in the me. election. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.